Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Here for the BAQA. The BAQA. The BAQA. Go ahead, Mandy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sorry, I didn't know what the second verse was. You was getting your groove. You was getting your groove. So it's time for Brown Ambition question and answer. If you've got a question and you need an answer, we're not your financial advisors or your financial, you know, I don't know, legal, legal, jargon, jargon, sue your grandma. We are just girlfriends here who are sharing what we might likely do in this situation and you will take it with a grain of salt and meet with your said financial expert person in your life that you pay money to and decide if that's, if that's a, you know, what fits best for you. Okay? I mean... A-K-A, B-A-Q-A. Yeah, Q and A. Light, lowercase a. All right, let's dig into this reader listener email. Okay, so again, you can reach us out reach us out. You can reach out to us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com or go to Instagram and slide into our DMs, brownambitionpodcast on IG. Try to keep them, you know, succinct. Give us information, but not too much information, okay? It just helps us answer them in a timely manner on the show. But what do we have for our first question today, Tiff? So first we have, uh, let's see. Oh, she'd like to be called Eve. Eve says, hello, ladies. Love, love, love. Um, I've been a listener for years and I'm happy to watch and hear all of your recent accomplishments. Thanks, Eve. Here's my dilemma. I purchased my first home, a condo in the D.C. area in the fall of 2019. At the time, my credit score was just good, air quotes, in the high 600s. So the interest rate I was offered for my credit union was 5.25% with no PMI, which actually is not bad for that, with a 3% down payment. I was inexperienced and made the mistake of not shopping around. Over the past two years, I've been working really hard to improve my credit in the hopes of refinancing. Since I plan on keeping this property and passing it down to my family, love that, my credit score is now in the high 700s, perfect. And with interest rates at record lows and area housing prices at an all-time high, I feel like now is the perfect time to pull the trigger and begin the refi process. My situation gets complicated because I'm also looking to change jobs in the next 90 days. And from my experience back in 2019, making any major life changes during the housing process is generally frowned upon. So my questions to you are, should I refine now while still seeking new employment, wait until I land a new job to begin the refi process, or refine now and put my job search on hold until I finish refinancing in a few months? Bonus question. Knowing I don't have 20% equity in my home yet, 
So a lot of um, lenders may require PMI. Is it better to take a lower interest rate and pay a couple hundred in PMI for years or get a slightly higher interest rate with no PMI? Okay. Eve, if we're going to focus on your main question, right? Should I refi now while still seeking new employment? Here's the thing, Eve. It's not generally frowned upon to quit your job during the home buying process. They will cancel <laughs> like sis. Think about it. Let's pretend that Mandy is the bank. Hey, Bank of Mandra. Uh, hi. And I'm just Tiffany. I've been teaching for 10 years, which they love, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I've come to you and I would like to borrow some money from you. Great. We have that. Right. And so I've got a job. Very stable. Love it. 10 years as a teacher. Amazing. And I'd like this house. Can I borrow some money? Sure. We'd love to give you lots and lots of money, okay. teacher. Okay. So halfway through the process. Ooh, Mandy, you know how I said I had that job? Tee-hee-hee. Yeah, we love that. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of quit, but I do have a new job. Beep, 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 Hello? We didn't even plan that skit. You see how me and Mandy, are we just in sync. We just in sync. So Mandy, why does that happen? Why would that happen? Because you, when you are, when you're getting a mortgage, you and your credit and your income, all of it is like a delicate little house of cards. And if anything changes, the bank does not want to lend money to you anymore. Even if you're changing for a good reason, you got a higher paying job. They go through such a rigorous underwriting process that them having to go back and recalculate things just messes them all up. It gets them out of whack. They don't like it. So I would definitely say open door number three out of these options, which is put the job search on hold for now, at least officially changing jobs. I would say interview, do all that cute stuff until you finish your refi process in a few months. Um, That way you can take advantage of these low rates right now and hopefully the job that you're seeking will be out there and they can be a little patient for the next couple of months. Because you have to think about this, Eve, that Even if you, to Mandy's point, you get a job that pays you more, the bank doesn't care. You know what the bank cares about? Stability. Like I make significantly more than my husband and, but he's been at his job for 20 years. Do you know when at first, because y'all know I bought this home and we paid cash for it because we happened to find a foreclosure that was like 50% off. But before that, we were looking for homes that we were going to um, finance. The bank was like, I don't give a what about what Tiffany make it hat whole old ramshackle budgetista up, down, left, right. Mm-mm. They're like, now, Mr. Smith, you are very attractive with your 20 years of service. I was like, well, I made more than him. They're like, we don't care. We don't care. The bank likes stability. They like to know this person is highly likely to have my coin. And if you have a new job, who knows how long that that job will have you versus like being at the job where you are now. So I actually had a friend that did this. They actually moved. They He knew that he was going to be quitting his job and he was going to get a new job. He, wait, he waited until he closed, was in the new house, and then jumped to the new job. They can't do anything once you've, you're already at your new place. So yeah, to Mandy's point, wait, sis, don't do nothing crazy. And I love the fact that your credit score is high 700s. Anything over 740, it's considered perfect credit, which is awesome. And yeah, I think that, you know, you... You're in a great position, uh, but don't don't get a new job just yet. I love, can we take the bonus question really quickly? Because she says, oh, the bonus question is, knowing that I don't have 20% equity in my home yet, so a lot of lenders may require private mortgage insurance, is it better to take a lower interest rate and pay a couple hundred dollars in PMI for a few years or get a slightly higher interest rate with no PMI? So my favorite thing, especially when you're, because 
uh, I almost called him Superman. That is not my husband. Husband. <laughs> husband and I, we actually did refinance our mortgage last year around this time, last uh, August or September when rates were going really low. What rate did you get, if you don't mind oh, sharing? Oh, shoot. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm sorry. A low one. But when we were doing it, there was so much conversation around because our rate was really good to start with. And I think it was 4.3. It wasn't terrible. Um, we got that in 2018. Mm-hmm. So I, we had to get it below 3%, I want to say. 2.875 seems to be a number that feels Which good to me. Amazing. Yeah, the rates were really good yeah. and our credit was great. So we refinanced. But because there wasn't that much room in between the two rates, I mean, two points is a lot when you're talking about 30 years worth of interest. Yeah. But we still had to make sure it was going to be worth it because not only are we talking about doing the closing costs all over again, you know, paying for the origination fee. And yes, some lenders will waive that kind of stuff, but you have to pay for your legal fees and all that kind of crap. So there's upfront costs to it. So how we decided the break even point, which is, you know, how much are we going to save versus how much are we going to spend? And is it worth it? We actually used a handy calculator from LendingTree that's something called the break even calculator, which we can link to. And also the when you're shopping around for your refi, and I definitely encourage you to shop around the same way you do with your mortgage, go to multiple lenders so that they compete and give you the best offer. We had two lenders, you know, going head to head, and we went with the one that had the lowest rate and the best customer service. Um, but anyway, when you when you have them compete, they will also help do a lot of that math for you. And they can tell you, you know, here's what makes the most sense. So I don't have a specific answer. But what I'll say is there's calculators. And then you can also ask the lender agent, whoever you're working with to help you with that math as well. Hmm, look at the, the math. Make sure the math maths, Eve. Okay. But we're proud of you. I think I love the fact that, you know, you've got this great condo, you want to pass it down and you're, you worked hard to get your credit score up, you know, just wait, sis. You could, you could abandon ship as soon as you, as soon as you get your, um, your money tight, abandon Something ship, feels okay? very adult about refi- something, refinancing a mortgage. That is like the most adult thing I've done outside of having a child. Like nothing is more adulty hardly than refinancing. I mean, a mortgage first time cute, but refi. So you are really on your grownish right now and I'm here for it. Yes, but be mindful of this because this, my friend got my friends got like um kind of kind of side uh, not sidetracked. What is that person when they side sideswiped? Girl, I have okay. words. So um because their house was worth much more when they refinanced, their taxes went up. So just be mm. mindful that that might be something because you know home prices have gone up astronomically that it might affect. So they were able to save four hundred dollars a month in refinance, and their taxes went up six hundred dollars. So they were like. Are you kidding me? So just be mindful of that as well. About like, you know, it would your will your taxes potentially go up? Hey BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. 
Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, next question. I'll take this one. I'll read it anyway. This comes from listener Ayana. Ayana will say, Hi, Tiffany and Mandy. I love the podcast so much. I have a question about how to calculate net worth. We just started tracking it in January and hit a major milestone. Positive net worth. Mini dance party. We're dancing with you. But I do want to make sure we're calculating it correctly. I know that net worth is our assets minus our liabilities, but I'm not quite sure where the mortgage falls in that. Do I simply subtract how much we owe on the house, which is how we're currently tracking? Or do we include what Zillow told me is the worth of the house? We would love y'all's assistance. Thank you so much for your help. Uh, Ayana, this is a really good question. Very good question. It is. It's one of the chapters in my book, Giggle with Money, <laughs> giggleofmoney.com. You know, I haven't plugged it in a while. Um, yes, but go ahead, man. I didn't want to enjoy. I just wanted to I let people know. I haven't plugged this network chapter. You in the have book. the giant poster of yourself behind <laughs> you, but yeah, sure. It's been a minute. <laughs> <Giggle with> y'all. <laughs> this is a good question. No, you're you're right though. The the key is when you're calculating your net worth as far as your home is concerned, you can't just look at how much you owe on a mortgage or how much your home is valued at in a vacuum, like separately, you have to subtract one from the other to get your equity. So what I would do is hard, it's it's difficult to understand what your home is valued at now. Because until someone buys your home, you don't know for sure your home is only really worth what people will pay for it. There is ways that you can estimate it. One way is Zillow, which is not necessarily the most accurate, but it can give you a it can give you a ballpark. Another way is to ask a realtor in your area or see, you know, do a quick little survey of homes, similar square footage, amenities in your area that have sold recently and what they sold for price price per square foot and then kind of try to suss out your value from there. Once you have your value, you can subtract your mortgage or how much you owe on it from that value and you have a general sense of your equity, an equity estimate, I would say. And that can be added on top to your your network. Yeah. I want you to think of like, I think about like, like you're, when you're doing your net worth for people who are doing their net worth, that it's like two columns. There's the asset column and there's a liability column. And so, and at the bottom, it's like, you're adding up all your assets at the bottom, you're adding up all your liabilities. So assets are things that are putting money into your pocket. Liabilities are things taking, taking money out of your pocket. And then at the bottom, those totals, you're going to subtract, you know, what's, taking money out of your pocket from what's putting money into your pocket. So if I was looking at it, like, you know, you're creating this like chart on the asset side, I would have, 
the, um, like Mandy said, the estimated value, current value of my house on the asset side. On the liability side, I would have current, um, the current balance I owe on my house. So there has to be a balance when it comes to mortgages or, or cars, you know, things that you owe money on, because you have to have on one side what it's worth and on the other side, what you still owe on it. And that's how it balances. So like for any of you like budding accountants, you know, that's like balancing your balance sheet. And so that's how you'll know. So knowing for your home, your car, and maybe you own a boat or whatever, that you should have something on both sides of that, of that column. And it will help you to, to know that you are at least fairly accurately, um, deciding, you know, how much your, um, your net worth is. But, um, no, that's awesome. A positive net worth just means that you own more than you owe. That's really key. Owning our assets, owing our liabilities. And that's the ideal that you're wanting to, the only way to really raise your net worth is you have to either own more and or owe less. And if you do that, you know, you really, because people can have a ton of money. I mean, we've seen it. People have a million dollars, you know, in the bank, and but they owe 10 million. So their net worth is negative $9 million. So you can have a lot of money, but have a terrible net worth. To me, net worth is one of the numbers, like a credit score or, or debt to income ratio, that it helps to really gauge like the health of your overall finances. And so like, congratulations on a positive net worth. Ayana, yeah. that's awesome. So keep going, yeah, sis. I, love it. And I keep feel like student loan debt is, is the secret killer of net worth in this for millennials and Gen Xers for sure. And increasingly senior citizens, which is pretty damn sad. Um, and there's been like very little movement on the whole student debt cancellation front. But I mean, if you look at your net worth, truly, I guarantee you for a lot of people, it's student loan debt that's holding them back, which speaking with speaking about holding people back, we got a, um, an interesting, how are we going to do this? Now, here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a, we going to rename her because I want to put you, maybe you put gave a fake name. We're going to name her, um, sincere okay. from Arizona. <laughs> Now, maybe you gave us so sincere from Arizona. A cry for help. Wrote us an, a, cry for a help. message <laughs> that I thought, yes. So, so she's sick of her. Hey, sincere from Arizona. Look, she's sick of you. She's sick of you. Your boss, her boss, she's sick of you. She's sick of your mess. She's sick of your foolishness. She's sick of you having your right hand. And you don't even want to lean into the fact that she's amazing. She about to be out anyway. You know, because you don't really acknowledge her accomplishments. Sincere is sick of you and your foolishness. Now, that's not her name. That's not where she lives. You know, we, I don't even know if these names and things are right, but we, <laughs> we feel you sincere, I but I can't read this out loud because I do not want where you work to let you go before yeah. you're ready to be let go. But she's about Get to leave. Out. You know what, Sincere? We wish you well. We wish you peace. Girl, don't let don't let them talk to you crazy. Don't let them make you feel crazy sincere. Me and Mandy are rooting for you. I see you've been at the job for some time, but that's all right though. You're dope, girl. Don't let them make you feel less than. You you are the job. See how they do without you. Okay? So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is the this is the one excerpt that's maybe safe to read. But the core the core thing is clearly sincere just wants to vent because they have been working at this job for a long time, don't feel appreciated. They say, I don't understand why every year I have to provide a list of accomplishments to prove why I should get an increase when I think my work speaks for itself and I am doing the work of four people while being underpaid. 
this is this 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 is the thing sincere if they you have to believe who people are when they show you the first 10 times okay at least the first one two three four ten times um and in this case they have shown you that you know your your work isn't valued you you aren't getting the support that you need so i feel like as angry as you are and as hilarious this is i just want you to be happy sincere so i'm saying Get your resume dusted off and don't feel you have been there a long time. Don't feel a lick of shame for going on your merry way and working for a place that hopefully values you a hell of a lot more than this place has. Yeah. Virtual hug. Girl. I kind of wish this was tequila now. It's just water. Cheers to you, Sincere. Don't let them them stress you out, sis. Listen to Brian and Bissy to get, get your kiki on. This was a healthy venting, you know, strategy though. Coping mechanism. You can y'all can vent to us. I mean, maybe not you can. so much, but uh, vent yes. to us. Put it. And put we will it protect in the you. We're not here to. Yes, we are not here to. We will not. If we think if there's <laughs> anything in here that maybe you're not really thinking through, that like, oh wait, my boss or whomever might be able to tell us me. We we're good enough to be like, now nah, we're not gonna say that part. Yeah. <laughs> and I really hope there's no one named sincere in Arizona. We don't mean you. Not you. <laughs> Not you. Her boss is like, oh, words is here. I heard about you on the BAQA. You trying no, you to leave? Nope. Pseudonym. Pseudonym. Okay. Uh, so if you have a QA for the BA, then please submit it to us at brownambitionpodcast.com and click ask us anything. Certainly you can send us a DM on IG. We, we like that as well. And if you thought this was really helpful, please share this podcast with three friends literally copy paste the link and say you need to listen i laughed i cried i learned i grew okay (laughs) oh god that put that on a put that on a poster i need that right behind me i laughed i cried i learned i grew Uh (laughs) brown ambition all right until next week ba fam the Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs>